Hello, friends. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you after an, a rather lengthy, at least for us, all-star break. The Mavericks defeated the Spurs on Wednesday night, 115-104. to They are now riding a four-game winning streak, and I think everybody should be feeling pretty good. Josh, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, it was. it's been a weird stretch. No, you know, the all-star break the winter storm it's been it's been weird like the schedule with the Mavs season it's been it's been very quirky uh because it's like they were playing seemingly every day and then these last three or three to four weeks they basically had two weeks off uh so it was just kind of weird uh but yeah it's good to get back in the swing of things and we got to be ready because there are no more breaks till the season is over. So that feeling will will soon evaporate. I mean, hell, they play tomorrow, so we're right back into it. Well, it, it, it's it's really you know really a delightful win in a game that for probably thirty six to almost maybe you know almost three full quarters, maybe a little bit more, felt really just off, felt rusty, felt. I, I I wasn't, uh, you know, I was enjoying myself, but it never really felt like the Mavericks were were really playing at, at at any sort of you know comfortable level. Everything felt just a bit off, despite how Luca was closing the game, and then Kristaps Porzingis played a, a pretty probably one of his most thorough games um, of the season. But the rest of the roster was really rough at times, and and. It is sort of, I mean, it's 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 reflected in the box score to a certain degree when you're going kind of player by player. Um, the, the stalwarts of the last several games, several weeks, were a little goofy in some of their box score contributions. But then, you know, the, the stars shine brightest, to, to be cliched as hell, in the fourth quarter in the last probably, you know, six, seven minutes, Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis absolutely took over the game. And the Spurs had no answer, and it was it was nice. I I don't feel like we've seen both of them really shut the door on a team this season. Yeah, I agree, and I think all of the weirdness of the game and the season uh, it really evaporated when those two were on it in the fourth quarter. And it goes back to I believe what I said on a podcast before we left the All Star break about how you know. When Doncic and Porzingis are playing to their level at the same time, our gripes about Dorian Finney-Smith, Tim Hardaway, Maxi Kleba, Brunson, you know, whatever gripes we may have with the role players, they really don't matter. I mean, no. they still matter, but like <laughs> this is the this is why you do that. This is why you give KP a big contract. This is why he's on the team. You, you just when you have a top five player and a guy that plays that can play like a top 20 player, which Kristaps clearly was tonight, 28 points, 14 rebounds on, on 28 points on 17 shots, which was also nice to see. Uh, it, it changes the whole complexion of the team and changes the dynamic. Like this is a game. The Mavericks probably lose if we got the Kristaps we saw in, you know, most from, you know, February, you know, middle of January, Uh, beginning of February Um, they just did because you know the wins that they were getting while KP was kind of working his way back was you know a lot of Jalen Brunson a lot of Tim Hardaway a lot of Luca uh, and they kind of picked up the slack well you know Hardaway had a pretty pretty miserable game offensively Brunson um, 
could not seemingly get it going in his 20 minutes. He shot the ball well, but he couldn't get a lot of attempts because uh, I think the Spurs guarded him pretty well on the ball. Um, and then Luca actually kind of had a weird scoring game. He was not very aggressive no. with his shot until maybe the second half. I think he had six points at halftime. Uh, so, like, you know, this is a game that if this happens and we're getting the KP we get, you know, on January 20th or whatever, you know, what, you know, they probably lose. So this is the benefit. You know, this is kind of the blueprint. Your two stars are playing like stars at the same time. And that papers over some of the weaknesses that you have on the rest of the roster. And you're able to beat a team that's ahead of you in the standings by 11 points at home. That's it's that's it feels like this is what should should happen more often. So let's see if they can repeat this well, to a certain extent. Well, let's talk about the KP part of the game specifically, because I'm, I'm currently engaged because I, I cannot help myself. I am you currently really engaged with with you know the the folks online who are taking a victory lap about KP's performance and let's be clear it's freaking awesome he had 28 and 14 the 14 rebounds is a season high for him the Mavericks are 7 and 2 when he grabs 10 or more rebounds uh he he is he's a good offensive rebounder and some of the fact that he doesn't get you know he had he had 3 let me see here he had uh, four offensive rebounds this game and that's something when you when you kind of sort his game log, four rebounds or more on the offensive side has happened just five times in the mm-hmm. twenty one games he's played, which some of that's like a strategic decision where the Mavericks don't really and teams in the NBA really don't send guys at the offensive glass. But I feel like that's that's been a little bit of a waste opportunity. I mean, the man's seven foot three, and against the Spurs, who were definitively smaller than Dallas tonight, that that played a big factor he really kicked the crap out of them on, on the rebounds on the offensive side. I mean, he would get the ball like right in the middle of the key after kind of a, a longer, you know, offensive board. And, and it, at that point, the Spurs offense collapsed. Like he had one where he kicked out for a three. Uh, it was it just really fun watching him do the offensive rebounding thing. And he just, just has stretches in this game. You know, he has just as many games. He has six games where he has zero offensive rebounds four where he has one. So he had, you know, for he, that'd be something I would love for them to figure out if if it makes sense in the game plan for him to crash the boards offensively more. Um, uh, I thought his game around the rim. I would kind of need to see the the um, the shot clock and and really kind of the the what do you call it the uh, the shot, shot chart. chart. Um, so so let me see if I can pull his up just to kind of figure out where he was getting his looks. Yeah, yep. you look at his shot chart. He has two made threes. He has a long two at the top of the key. He has a long uh, a wing shot, and then everything else is at the rim. It is inside the restricted area where he was a force. And it's not like they were coming out of post plays. They were coming out of cuts. They were coming out of him getting offensive rebounds and putting the ball up. I mean, he was really impressive. And the Mavericks don't always use him that way, or he doesn't always play that way. I don't. I honestly can't speak to it enough to, to, to say more. But... That, you know, you called it kind of the blueprint and he hasn't played this way that, that often. So for, for the, the, the friends out there who get upset with me when I kind of bag on him, I want this kind of game from him. I would love to be wrong, but we have 82 games of Chris Tapps for in a Mavericks uniform. He plays like this far less frequently than he plays the other way where he floats. And I, I don't. I don't know if that's an injury thing. It could be. He looked 
just much more fluid tonight. Uh, probably the most the most fluid kind of running at the basket that I can that I can really remember. It was it was I mean it was a fun game. It was you you know exactly what everybody had hoped for, and the Mavericks just don't get that often enough. Yeah, and yeah, you hit the nail on the head uh, in terms of how he played. And you talked about the four offensive rebounds, and I think what was really nice about this game, and you mentioned it a little bit there in your in your talk, uh, the Spurs are not a big team. Yaka Pertl is the only big man they play, and I'm not joking. Um, their bench, they had Eubanks and Trey Lyles played a combined 11 minutes. Those were the only other guys you could even qualify as potentially big guys, but the only guys off their bench that played any minutes of consequence were Rudy Gay, uh, Patty Mills and Lonnie Walker. So when when Pirtle was on the floor, they were playing five out uh, with basically Rudy Gay at center. Uh, and what was really nice is that this was a game where, like, didn't feel like they had to drag KP into playing like he said. Like he looked like he was seven. Like he looked like he was seven three against the team not playing any big men for the most part, except for one guy. Like he was using his height and reach advantage to dominate. Like you said, he dominated the Spurs. Uh, he dominated them physically um, with his rebounding and with his presence around the basket. And it was just really nice because it didn't feel like the Mavericks were kind of dragging him to do that or he was dragging himself. Like he just dominated this game in a way that he should against the team that's so small. And, you know, we've seen him play against smaller teams before and he'll have maybe some good games or maybe a bad game. And, it, and we're kind of like, man, you know, this other team's not even playing big. You know, what are they doing? You know, they, and then they kind of force feed him post-ups because he's playing against a smaller team. And it's like, that's not necessarily what you have to do. Like, he just needs to crash the glass, dominate the glass because he's, he, he's you know, six inches taller than almost everyone on the court for most of the game, you know, except for when he's go- being guarded against Pirtle. Uh, and then, you know, get get to the basket with cuts and, and rim runs and things like that and moving off the ball. Like, I mean, that's when he's good. And you're right. Uh, and, you know, the whole, it's it's not crazy because I think this is, you know, this 28.14 rebound performance. You know, he was doing this in the bubble and this was kind of what he was doing in the bubble. You know, he was, you know, he was shooting maybe a little bit better from three. Like he was making more threes. But I mean, he was. He was a force off the ball. And that's been not just a Mavericks thing. Like he was a really good cutter in New York as well. And I think uh, he has, he can have a first step advantage against if he's play, being played against by a traditional center. And we saw it against Pirtle, you know, isolated against him against the wing and Kristaps hit him with one crossover move, got to the basket and scored. It was kind of a funky layup, but like it's, it just demonstrated how much faster when he is right and he's not looking like he's stuck in quicksand, he just has as goofy as an athlete as he can be sometimes, you know, in terms of his, his gait and, you know, landing on one foot and that kind of stuff, the biomechanics, he is still purely just faster than a lot of these big guys that he plays against. And he, you know, last season I thought had a really good first step to get by guys and get fouled. And that really hasn't been there most of the season because, you know, coming back from that knee surgery, you know, he's got the lowest free throw rate of his career by far. And tonight he had five free throws, which is the most he's had uh, since February 27th and February 14th. Other than that, he's been around four, two, three free throw attempts a game. So five for him is a, is a, is a pretty good night for him this season. So I, I feel like it's there if they want it. Now, maybe it's helpful, helped 
by playing a team like San Antonio? Like, can he do this against a team like the Lakers? I don't know. They probably need him to shoot a little bit more since that's a bigger team, you know, stretch them out from the three-point line. But um, that's supposed to, you know, that's it. That's supposed to be, you know, that's why they got him is because he can be that kind of malleable type of player where he can spread the floor with his shooting and then he can do things like this against smaller teams that that don't try to punish him. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 nice. And the Mavericks have kind of one of these stretches coming up where we're going to see if this is real. Um, f- friend of the friend of the show, you know, Mavs draft is kind of arguing with me, talking talking about how Porzingis has been really consistent over these last, you know, 12 or so games that he's played. And I just do not agree with this because you, you, they're playing borderline horrendous opponents over over that stretch they played a brooklyn team that was out of gas they played an orlando team that was eh. they played a thunder team that was i don't know what they're doing they and you know they they there's just been games where he's he has been able to take advantage and it's for the best that's that's exactly what you want to do within your schedule but you know coming up out of this stretch they play denver they play the Clippers twice. They play the port. They play Portland twice. So if if the Mavericks were to get through this stretch and really look like they've built something, I'm going to be pretty excited, particularly from KP, because it, it's that it's that sort of you know second tier consistency which he didn't really build up until right before All Star break last year, uh, and then played like a madman, and then had that lengthy break, and then played pretty well in the bubble. Um, he was all bubbles, you know, which people like to point out to me and then looked pretty good in the finals. It's, 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 I, you know, I, I'm open to the, to the suggestion that I'm being too unfair to him. I don't think I am because when you compare to what, you know, Luca's doing night in and night out, uh, you know, carrying more of the load, that's, that's that, but it, it's, it's good. It's, it's nice to see them, you know, get a win they, compared to where they were a month ago where, you know, things were just kind of a, you know, feeling like a sloppy mess. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's, you know, just nice to see something different from him. The, the inside out aspect of his game where he is, is so confident, you know, somebody, somebody uh, tweeted something to the effect of like, I love seeing like Porzingis slam, like dunk the ball. Like he has something against the rim. That sort of like violence that he plays with is really, I mean, it's, it's a whole team going and, they're just aspects where he, they're just entire games where he, he either doesn't get the opportunity. And I think that's a big part of it, or he doesn't play that, you know, that attacking style. There was a cool oop in the, in the fourth where Luca gets all the way in the room and he has like, like, I think he was, it was a pick and roll with Maxi where Maxi kind of dives all the way through and they just shut it down. And Porzingis swings in from the far side and, and, you know, Luca just leaves him one. And that sort of that off ball movement has been missing from the Mavericks entirely for huge chunks of the year. It was great to see Porzingis be one on the executing end. Yeah, definitely. And it's not, that's not a new thing from a lot. Like he was a good cutter in New York. Like he, yeah. like that is something that they can bank on consistently. If they can just get it out of him or if he can do it, or if the team can set him up for that more. Um, that's a, that's a sustainable thing to me. Like there's nothing I saw out of his game tonight that looked like he couldn't do it more often. Now, you know, maybe like the four offensive rebounds and the 14 rebounds, you know, that probably helps, you know, you're playing a team that plays one big man. But in terms of his shot profile on offense, I mean, this is something they could repeat. It's not like he had, you know, it wasn't like that crazy game in New Orleans where he made seven three-pointers in the first quarter or something. It's like, you know, he's not that good a shooter. 
you know, I think he did something similar against Minnesota where he made, you know, he scored like 17 points in the first quarter, you know, it's off a lot of jumpers. Like, I don't know if he, you know, he's not, I'm not, he's not that consistent of a jump shooter, which is why I think, it, you know, with his length and height and his touch around the basket, mixing him, mixing it up like that uh, can be really beneficial for getting him some consistency. So instead of looking at like a 15 point game, 16 point game, uh, 17 point game, and then boom, a 36 point game, because he, he's cashing in on all the three on all his threes all at once you can get a steadier performance of like 22 23 24 points and then you have the big blow up game as well and it doesn't stand out as much because in the games in between that where his three maybe isn't as consistent uh you're getting easier points off cuts uh off rim runs and 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 stuff like that near the basket which you know i think they can i think they can get that out of him um I mean, are you are you looking at some of these numbers overall? Like the Mavs out rebounded the Spurs by twenty one. Yeah, they they're bigger than this team, and they've played like it was really nice that they played like it. You know, yeah. it just doesn't happen. Maxi had seven rebounds. I feel like he has not had a lot of double, you know, big rebounding games in the last three games. Seven, seven, six. That's pretty good for him because he's usually around like five uh, for yeah. the season. So like that was nice. They played they played like the bigger team, which. How often have we felt like that after a Mavericks win? Not very well, often. You know, it, it's it's nice because they they've been so poor at closing the door, uh, and it it's it's something to see. It, it's it's really something to see. Um, the rest of the lineup was was pretty interesting. Luca kind of had one of the more weird twenty two twelve and twelve triple doubles. He he was kind of all over the place, which was nice to see. Uh, that they didn't need him to be an absolute superhero. Um, and beyond that, you know, it, it, they got kind of contributions at, at the right time. Tim Hardaway Jr. came on. Willie Cauley-Stein played really well on the offensive part right up until he committed a really kind of scary foul. Um, Jalen Brunson looked good. It was it was nice win. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what they do tomorrow night on, on the second half of a back-to-back where – they, you know, where where they're often, um, they've been pretty bad on back to back. Very, yeah, they they've been horrendous. Let's not, uh, they not just like losing them all, but losing them and losing by like twenty five points. Uh, not not a lot of not a lot of fun there. Um, I will say, you know, before we leave, talking about Przingis, the one thing, you know, I think defensively he was pretty mobile and pretty active. He definitely got scored on a couple times at the rim. He kind of had a brain fart where he. He uh, left a, a wide open Keldon Johnson open for a corner three, although he was, you know, helping off a drive. Uh, but, you know, he didn't have any blocks. He didn't have any steals. But he, I mean, it felt like he forced more misses at the rim tonight than he did for a lot of stretches in January and February. I mean, he contested pretty well. And the Spurs went after him. Like, they were driving at him a lot. And when, you know, with that volume, you know, of course he's going to get scored on because, you know, you're at the basket. These are NBA players. They're, they're pretty good. Uh, so the fact that he was able to neutralize that as much as he did, especially in the second half, I thought that was a big, that was a big win. Um, he was a minus 11 in the first half and he ended a plus eight for the game. So I think that goes to show he played with a little bit more fire in that second half defensively. And I think that was, that was the key. The Spurs scored 18 points in the fourth quarter, and that's been a huge problem for the Mavericks is giving up these big giant point, you know, point totals for quarters in the second half. 
Well, that's actually probably something we should talk about in that, you know, somehow Luca looked like a, a, a defensive stopper in he aspects did. of the fourth where he, you know, no one was able to stop DeRozan. DeRozan was a beast. At one point in the game, he was, was, was something like seven of seven or seven of eight, something and like that. And he finished the game 12 and 19, which feels like a real victory compared to how he was cooking guys. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was nice to just, just nice to see that it's, it's, and I'm, I'm watching the, the replay here on, on uh, NBA TV. They're showing the fourth quarter highlights. And Porzingis gets one rebound, one-handed, under the backboard, and then puts it back up. Like, that's just – that I, I, that's stuff he hasn't done. I, I'm going to argue with people about this. He doesn't do this stuff. He, he, yeah. he had eight shots at the rim tonight, and he had 42 over the previous 11. Like, the, the, they have to find ways to get him there. They really, really do. They don't utilize him as the role man in the pick and roll enough. I want to see more of it. Sorry, I got off on a tangent just because I saw some great plays on that. You did. That's okay. But yeah, the defense I think was was it was shaky to start, and they got better. It really, it was really out out of halftime. I felt like it was, it it was a it was a marketed difference. Um, but you know that was good for KP. You know. The, then the only, the only, I mean, the only real negative, aside from the defense looking a little sleepwalky and the offense being like loose with the ball in the first half, I think they had like twelve turnovers in the first half, which is pretty much like what they average for the whole game. Uh, they cleaned that up in the second half, which was nice. Mm-hmm. But man, I'm still waiting for it. Like, when is the regression or the progression to the mean going to happen with these open three point shots? Open threes. It oh is my crazy. god! <laughs> Holy cow! I don't know what it is. And then they I mean they shot 13 of 40, they're 32 and a half percent, which is not, I mean, it's it's bad. It's not like horrifically bad, like they've had, you know, during the COVID stretch, but man, they a lot of those threes were open. <laughs> and it's it wasn't it wasn't like they were taking a lot of contested shots uh from deep uh, outside of maybe you know some of Lucas' shots. It that was that was crazy. Well, I, I had a lot of fun in the fourth quarter, the game was kind of frightening for me at parts because it feels like we haven't watched basketball in a month. And then it felt like, you know, watching parts of the game that the Mavericks hadn't played basketball in a month. And so that they were, that they were able to extend this. I believe this is their just kind of, you know, glancing at the schedule. They have one, two, three. This is their third four game win streak. Uh, They play the thunder tomorrow night at Oklahoma city. So they're probably heading up there tonight or early tomorrow morning. If they're able to notch five game win streak, I, I we ooh man, talk about a turnaround. Um, yeah, thankfully is, that is a very short trip to Oklahoma City, so they're not going to be getting in and going to bed at like four a.m. So right. that's nice. Well, I'll be covering that one tomorrow night. Um, we should have if you're you know you're probably checking this out hopefully in the morning, but I know some of y'all are are fanatics and that you you stay up late and hyped and you like listening to the podcast after the game. We appreciate that. Uh, we'll have at least we'll have a, a preview for the Thunder game, and then we should have at least one. We we a couple of our writers turned in posts that we need to throw that we need to get up relatively soon. One on Porzingis, then one on Doncic. Interestingly enough, uh, so it, it should be really to the tune of of what we'd like to hear. We have uh, our, our one of our new writers, Kasim, who turned in a, a really lengthy. His pitch on why the Mavericks won the the Porzingis trade, which you know, I, probably not a better time to post it than tomorrow. Um, so, other than that, Josh, you got anything before we get out of here? 
No, I think that's it. Uh, let's let's get out of here and get ready for OKC tomorrow. Killer. All right. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. This has been Kirk Henderson and uh, who's what's your name? Josh My- Bell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's start break rest. All right. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow night.